Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have in-depth conversations surrounding sex and sexuality. And I have to tell you, um, lately I've been, like, getting behind on things, and, you know, once in a while I just put out a call if, if guests would like to join me on the podcast. Um, And I forget how well that works, like I should do it more often, because I honestly have a lot of anxiety about reaching out to people. And this was one of those times this week, I literally didn't have a podcast, um, you know, for four days away when it's supposed to be airing. And I was like, Oh, God. So on Twitter, I put out a call. And like, here's the thing, I know lots of people, I know so many people that would be so good on my podcast. But I just don't know if they know me. I don't know if they think, you know, they want to talk to me, if they want to be on my podcast. So I put out a call and uh, this lovely, fantastic sex educator and blogger responded. This is our first conversation. I'm so very excited to welcome this wonderful person to the mic. Please welcome sex educator and blogger Wendy. Hello, I'm so excited. (laughs) Me too. And know what's so funny because you mentioned we kind of, you know, jammed on what topics would we like to, you know, jam on today. We jammed on what we would like to jam on Mm -hmm. um, today. (laughs) And one of the things you're like, oh, I write about mental health and sex a lot. And I'm like, that's so perfect because I was literally having like a mental health Um, I'm not going to say crisis, but like I was I was experiencing some feelings when I made that post. So the fact that you saw you saw it and responded, I'm like, how perfect. (laughs) I mean, I I, I can't even pretend that I don't even have a mental health crisis going on, too. I wouldn't say crisis, but like a a pandemic. Yes. Yeah. A pandemic crisis. (laughs) Like a low level just crisis, like just constantly. (laughs) Exactly. It's just, it's just constant going. It's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And I'm just like, I've been a follower of yours for a long time. You of course have the lovely website, the wench works and you, uh, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put words in your mouth. Why don't you tell the people exactly what you kind of get up to in this whole sex and sexuality field? Well, I like to call myself a sex educator. I don't, I I use that term so loosely because I'm still learning so much, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to say I'm a sex educator when I'm still being educated myself, but in the same breath, I think everyone is still being educated. No matter how long you've been a sex educator or a sex edutainer, as some Mm -hmm. people like to say, Um, but my blog mainly focuses on kinks, um, being a submissive, sometimes being a dominatrix. Um, mental health, and of course, sex and sexuality. I write a lot of sex toy reviews, and that kind of just went into, segued into just so many other topics. Yeah, I love how you're like, I'm 
like I both embrace and I kind of feel conflicted about the term sex educator because I'm the same way I'm like I, te- I teach classes and blah 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 and people like have me on their panels and as a guest as like a sexpert and I'm like but 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 <laughs> I you know what I mean it's not a field you can know everything about exactly it's like you don't want to say sex educator because in my, in my opinion it feels like such a big title yeah. such an important title like you're if you're educating about sex that means like you really know something about it and I'm such a I'm so I'm such a little snail about it I'm like oh, I don't know if I'm really you know that much of an educator a snail I love that I'm a little snail about it <laughs> yeah and I mean imposter syndrome is the thing for me too where I'm just mm-hmm. like like sh- should I even be putting myself in the position to teach people you know, Absolutely. like, do I have anything to teach people, really? Exactly. I mean, and I think coming up with topics that there's so many topics that narrowing it down and figuring out what you want to, quote unquote, teach or what what have you is so hard. Mm-hmm. You know what? That actually helped me develop my kind of like my brand, but also like my doming style a lot when uh, Shahrazad, who is the owner of the My Place space, she was like, give me a bunch of pitches for classes for the upcoming semester. Oh, wow. And I was like, uh, what could I teach? <laughs> and then I was like, okay, playful domination, like role play. I have a big performing background. So like, you know, improv, scene work, scene crafting, mm-hmm. character work, like anything in those fields wellness domination which is some an ongoing series that I've been teaching with her domination for switches is another one so I'm like it was a good way actually her asking that for me to try and figure out what like what I have to offer that's unique Mm -hmm. I mean I think each person every person in the sex education field has something unique to offer because sex isn't the same for everybody exactly nope yeah, no two people are alike sexually. I mean, they may have things in common and they might like, you know, like the same things, but sex for each person individual is just completely different. It varies from person to person. Totally. And that's why, like, when I ask people to be on the podcast, some people are like, eh, I don't know if I'm qualified. Like, I don't do anything special. I'm like, but your story is valid. And the way you interact with your own body, with your partners, with like your relationships to sex, that is all so unique because we're just all unique people. And it's lovely to hear other perspectives, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and either identify it or it's insightful and they learn something new and that they didn't realize about somebody else. Like anyone is qualified to be in my podcast as far as I'm concerned. I totally feel that. I love talking to people. I love getting to know them because... Like I said, no people are no two people are alike. So it's like you always learn something new. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm constantly learning. Even like you were like, oh, it's like one of the first times I'm going to be doing a podcast. I'm like, oh, my God, this is like episode 272, I think, which is crazy. But that said, <laughs> I I still learn something every episode. Every every person I talk to, I, I learned something from them. So there you go. Never stop. Can't stop. Won't yeah. stop. Yeah, exactly. Can't stop, won't stop. That that is like my view in the sex education field. Can't stop learning, won't stop learning. Can't convince me to stop. 
totally. Yeah, totally. So when did that kind of passion start blooming for you? When did you realize you were like a, a sex geek? 2015, 2014. Okay, what was I, going on in your life? I mean, okay, so I was really depressed. And I wanted to find more ways to do self-love. And I just thought, maybe I should buy a vibrator. So I googled mm -hmm. vibrator reviews. And I found a really popular blog. And I got a vibrator from, you know, their suggestion. And I realized I wanted to do that exact same thing. I wanted to help people. I wanted to make people laugh with my reviews. Yeah. I wanted to learn more and teach more. Yeah. So that is exactly how I got into it. It was just a simple Google search. And then from there, I was just like, you know what? I want to do the same thing. I love that. And so sex, so sex toy reviewing was your kind of in. Mm -hmm. And that's so interesting how you made the jump from what I'm assuming was one of your first sex toys. Would that be correct in me saying yeah, that? Yeah, it was the Mona 2. And, and then right away you being like, I need to do sex toy reviews. Where did you yeah. source that confidence to be like, fuck yes, let's get more toys and write everything? I had always liked writing. I loved writing. I yeah. still love writing. And I think I just got the confidence because I was just so, I wanted something to get me out of the slump that I was in. Project. And exactly a project and that's how it started i did not expect to be a sex educator i did not expect my blog to get amassed to any amount of readers matter of fact when i first started the winchworks that was not even its name i when i started i think i had the name kiss me cassie and i was like you know what this isn't gonna work i want something that feels right for me and so that is how the winchworks was born you know, I liked reclaiming the word winch. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I love it. I, I love the word. It makes me feel like a tavern girl. <laughs> totally. I picture, yeah, like beer steins. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and that's where I got the confidence is I found a good name, a name that made me feel really good. I found kind of what I wanted to talk about outside of sex reviews because I was just like, I can't just do only sex toy reviews. I want to, I want, I have a voice. I have things to say. I want to speak. So I started off with things that I knew, that I knew that I knew, which is mental health and sex. And so that is how my blog went from the jump of sex toy reviews to mental health yeah. and sex. <laughs> and how are those related for you? Like why would you be like oh this makes sense to talk about mental health on what is essentially like my sex toy blog well for me i just i find sex to be it can be one thing to do with yourself you know masturbating and that is a way to express self-care and self-love and taking care of yourself and you know sex doesn't always have to be partnered Mm -hmm. And at first, that is what really made me realize that mental health and sex could be, you know, one in this, you know, can, can connect. And I started with just writing about how, how it made me feel and how it made me feel more confident in my body, how it made me feel happier, you know, because serotonin, you get like a, 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 a dash of dopamine when you masturbate, when you have an orgasm. 
And so I was like, that's, give me all the dopamine. I can do this. <laughs> I can masturbate. Why not? Especially when the toys are free from companies, like, to be reviewed. It's like, I think that's double yeah. dopamine, possibly. Masturbating yeah, exactly. with a, a free toy? That's, like, an extra exactly. layer It's triple me. dopamine, really, when you get the toy and you open it. It's so exciting. You're like, ooh, a new toy. Yeah, un- unboxing, yeah. No, I love that because I I kind of do the same thing in, like, my wellness domination practice. Like, it can, you know, you can for sure talk about wellness where you know, sex isn't really all that involved, or at least not in the forefront of the conversation. But to me, they are so intrinsically linked. And mm-hmm. um, I've always seen masturbation as a type of self-care, uh, self-regulation, you know, mm-hmm. getting in touch with your body, like grounding yourself. And then all those things you mentioned about like experiencing pleasure and how that is so good for your mental health. And so tied for into your mental health that you experience physical pleasure they can make sense to me i'm I'm not saying like why the hell would you write about mental health on your sex story (laughs) blog it totally makes sense to me but i'm just i'm just curious where like what that means for you yeah i mean mental health is just it's such it's so important to me because I, i struggle with mental illnesses and i just for the longest time i didn't have anything to make me feel good and nothing made me happy, you know, and it sounds so, so odd sometimes when you say, oh, masturbating made me happy, because of course, masturbating can make some people happy. (laughs) (laughs) But it made me happy when I figured out, oh, my goodness, this feels great. And I can do it. And nobody can stop me. (laughs) Yeah, yes. Yeah. I'm doing my own goddamn thing in here. Exactly. And like, you know, it's a judgment free zone if there's nobody you can if there's you know somebody you can be truthful and honest with it's yourself you know you can have all the fantasies you want within reason i think (laughs) some things you might need to you might want to rein in or do with a partner because it's not safe to do alone Mm -hmm. but for the most part you know you can you can just play into your own fantasy and you can do things that make you happy that you feel are taboo or you don't want to really come out with just yet you know you get to practice it with yourself and you get to experience how it makes you feel how it makes you feel happy how it makes you feel inside how it makes you feel accepted even if it's just by yourself it's like i um i often give like tasks to the people in my life that are like you know subby people to me um mm-hmm. and often like it's it's like oh i just feel disconnected is the thing um like just in general there's i'm i'm like what's you know what's going on today with you what's happening tell me where you're at and they're like oh i just feel like disconnected i feel like i'm not in my body i feel like i'm overthinking things anxiety is a big one And I'm like, okay, let's think of some things right now that we can get you like connected with your body. You know what I mean? Like, and then I'm like, okay, right now, just give me a list of a couple things, like three things that usually, you know, make you feel good in your body, make your body feel good. And often the question is like, can I give a sexual answer? I'm like, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) It's more than freaking welcome. It's, I love exactly. it. Like, I think that that's also important, being in tune with your body. Oh, my goodness. There is, 
very little that I find to be so, so, so important, but being in tune with your body, knowing with your body likes and dislikes, so important to me. And I think, you know, with you being a dominatrix, sometimes people need to be told, hey, find something that you like, something that you enjoy. Let's figure out ways to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's perfect. That's awesome. Yeah, because the thing I'm gonna, the thing that I do, and the thing I would recommend may not fucking work for you. So it's very collaborative. Even though, like in the power dynamic, I'm like the one to be like, do these things for me. But you know, there's obviously negotiation around that and being like, okay, what really resonates with you about this, and then, and then from there, I can tell you what to do once I know what you need done to you (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. yeah I would never enter a dynamic and just assume that I know what's best for a person because I for sure do not know what's best for a person I've never fucking talked to about it before exactly it's just like how I was saying earlier sex for everyone is different you can't just you know go and assume and you know this is exactly what you're gonna like and I'm gonna do this to you because like you said you know it needs to be negotiated it needs to be talked about it needs to be there has to be communication there Definitely. Which I'm sure you're very aware of because you are a very kinky person, are you not? I am. I am a switch. I love it. Same, same, same. Nice. I love it. I love it. Switch solidarity. Yeah, kindred switches. And I like, I'm super kinky. I am, oh gosh, I'm into so many things. I've tried out so many things and not all of the things I, you know, I turned out that I didn't want to keep. But it was just fun exploring. I, um, in my free time, I like to I like to be a dominatrix. I like to dom mm-hmm. men, women, and everybody in between. It's just so much fun for me, and it it makes me feel good to help others explore their sexuality and help others figure out you know exactly what they like. Yeah, for me as like a top or a dom. It's like all about play for me. Like that's how I play. It's all, you know, it's all about like, let's do this fun thing together. And I'm going to laugh the entire time. I will laugh at you. I will laugh with you. (laughs) I feel like if you can't laugh with someone, it sucks. You know, you've got to be able to have fun. I agree. Like for me, it's so integral as just part of my personality and like, you know, I can, I, 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 she's an actress, so I can, you know, do a very severe session, um, if someone requests it, but, like, if you just mm-hmm. want me to be really authentic in my domination style, oh, we're laughing, baby. <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, I love the submissives that just want you to be yourself, because they're like, I, I don't want you to be too overbearing, I don't want you to be too scary, just be who you are. And that's just so much fun because it, I think it really makes them feel comfortable to be who they are too. Yeah. So what is your, tell me, what is your domination style generally? If you could put it in a, a few words. I like to be fun. Just, that's what I like to say. Just fun. I know that's like <laughs> such a cliche answer, but I just love to have fun. That is my domination style. I don't want to say I'm to this or to that because I don't want to like say put myself in a box, so to speak, mm-hmm. because there's just so many things I like to do. But above all, I like to have fun. Not everything has to be super serious. It doesn't have to make you nervous. You don't have to be worried. Sometimes just having fun is the point. Yeah. If you're not having fun doing doing what you 
want to do practicing kinks, then why are you doing it? What, what, if you can't, if you're not ready to, if you're not not ready, if you're not expressing yourself and being your true authentic self, what do you get from kinks? Yeah. And I mean, people practice for, I'm, I'm sure a thousand reasons, but mm-hmm. all of which are valid, you know, as long as Absolutely. they're all consensual and, you know, mutually, what's the word I'm thinking of, mutually beneficial and, and all that kind of stuff. It's okay to approach it from like any angle, every angle, different angles mm-hmm. at times. Like I can do scenes. I like doing scenes that are very much like kind of vehicles for people's mental health journeys and mm-hmm. wellness journeys. You know what I mean? So like it can be that, but also just like a playful fucking scene where we're having fun is just as valid and can be just as therapeutic. Exactly. I mean, I find that a, when I first started I noticed that a lot of people said what was therapeutic for them was crying. It was Mm -hmm, cathartic. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I found that that wasn't for me. I don't like crying, Mm -hmm. especially during something like a scene. I mean, sometimes it'll happen because it's, um, it's just so intense sometimes. I like to laugh and I like to be able to be playful, which sometimes will get me in trouble when I'm a submissive. (laughs) Yeah. If uh-huh. I just, you know, if I'm in the corner and I start giggling, my dom is like, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you laughing at? Yeah. Yeah. What are you laughing at? Is the punishment not good enough? Because we can make it, we can, we can make it good enough. <laughs> so I love to hear that. So you're also like a playful sub. Mm-hmm. I am. I like to say I'm a brat. <laughs> I'm a brat. Yes, I am. I like to get in trouble. That is my thing. There oh, is. Um, that's cute though. Yeah, I have a code word for my dom when I want to get in trouble, but I don't want it to be like a real punishment. Yeah, punishment. Punishment, exactly. And it's so funny because he was like, I don't believe in punishment all the time, but sometimes I'll give you a punishment. Like my idea of a punishment is a spanking. Oh my goodness. My idea of a punishment though is like washing my mouth out with like a safe soap to use. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh God, that's the worst. (laughs) For me, like, a punishment is, like, writing lines. Like, yeah, I'll do it, but, like, I'd really rather be doing almost anything else. Yes, I had to write lines once. I was oh, like, oh, this is grueling. This it was, like, a hundred. <laughs> yes, they were, like, a hundred lines, and it was, like, two sentences each. I was just like, this is the worst thing that could have possibly happened to me. <laughs> but I think that's interesting, because we're essentially talking about, when we're talking about punishments, like, not punishments, we're talking about, like, a not no, which is a, a lovely term that I stole from Carter Brule. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think writing lines for me is the perfect not no. Yeah, same. Yeah. Writing lines, you know, just, I don't like sitting in the corner. Sometimes I'll giggle because the way they'll make me sit. <laughs> <laughs> like with my nose against the wall or like balancing something on my head. <laughs> Cute, like a predicament position. Exactly. And I'll giggle because it's so much fun. But sometimes I'm just like, oh, no, because it puts me in a really deep subspace and it's hard for me to staff out of sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, me being ignored would be like a limit of mine. Put it in a corner is a different thing because, mm-hmm. you know, it still can be like they can be engaging with you. You can be engaging with them when you're like have a timeout in a corner. But like to be ignored is probably one of my that's a no that's not a not no Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is an actual no for me yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I find with my submissives, I don't like ignoring them because I feel like ignoring is like it. It's not a fun punishment, and it's not a punishment that anybody wants because then you feel kind of neglected. Yeah, that's how I process it too, and that's how I, even as a top or a dom, that's kind of what I relate it to as well. So it's not like a go-to punishment of mine either, unless it's like very specifically requested. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I feel like that one is tricky. That one's iffy. Like I think most people probably do not want like that's a hard limit for most people I would say yeah I mean everybody I've talked to said they don't like being ignored and yeah. I'm like that's great because I don't like ignoring people there you go <laughs> yeah and isn't that interesting because a lot of like I don't know I don't want to like shit on like just internet doms who just suddenly decide oh I'm an I'm a fin dom or whatever mm-hmm. you know ignoring them ignoring their people is like the go-to punishment I'm like <sighs> you know what I mean yeah I mean not to shit on them either because you know everybody you know I like to say start somewhere you know exactly but to me ignoring my submissive it just for me sends the wrong message yeah and that's fine like we have limits as tops and doms too so Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel good for me to ignore you so exactly something I will not offer I will not do exactly yeah and I think that um, being a top, we need to take care of ourselves, too. Oh, and, big time. Big time. Big oh, time. yeah. And it can be hard on us to do punishments that we really don't enjoy doing. Yeah. Sometimes they're, they're requested from us, and we're just like, oh, it's not a hard limit. I just, it's not something that I like doing. But I'll do it because you would like it. And that's okay. Yeah, it's kind of like an act of service to this person that I care about. So it's kind of like an Mm -hmm. act of love when you frame it that way. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. One thing I do love about your website is that you do talk a lot about like healthy relationships, toxicity, boundaries. Like you do a lot of writing Mm -hmm. on these topics. Well, for me, I like to start with boundaries because for the longest time, and I have no problem admitting this, I did not understand boundaries. I understood 
hard nose. I understood red, you know, I like to call them red limits. I understood those and I would follow them, but I didn't understand other things like boundaries, such as, hey, my dom doesn't like this, so I shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, just having certain boundaries, like this is something I don't like, or this is something that, that this person doesn't like. And this is like a boundary, whereas it's not a it's not a hard no, but it is kind of like a boundary. So educating myself on boundaries was really important. And then I realized other people might be struggling with boundaries too. Definitely. Like I have a, I have a post that is like basically no means no. And there was a time where with my dom, he didn't want to dom for a while before his own mental health. And I kind of wanted to say I bullied him into it. And that was not acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I had to, I had to sit down and say, he said no. And that doesn't mean you manipulate or you bully or you kind of pout your way into it. Yeah, it like means you respect or, that. Yeah. Yeah. You can't convince somebody to do something that they really don't want to do. It's not cool. It's like convincing someone to have sex when they don't want to. It's, yeah. Same stuff. Same, same set of rules. Exactly. You know, no means no. And no should be respected. Yeah, another super nuanced conversation because it's like then interpreting like physical communication surrounding boundaries. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like all the cues that are nonverbal. Absolutely. Like finding finding the way to communicate nonverbally is important too because sometimes, you know, you don't want to communicate verbally. It's kind of hard. So being able to just do it in a nonverbal way, like, is important too. Yeah, and subtleties even in speech, you know what I mean? Like, I think most of us understand if somebody says no to not Mm -hmm. do the thing. Most of us understand that. But what a lot of people don't understand is all the other different ways people can say no. Yeah, like, I don't feel comfortable or I'm not really into this. Yeah. It's just so many different ways you can say no, but each way needs to be respected. How did you kind of learn throughout your journey to get better at boundaries? This is crazy to say, but I literally just, like I said, I sat myself down and I, they talked to me about it, actually. They said, it kind of makes me feel bad when you don't respect what I say or when you don't respect the fact that I'm really not in a mental, mentally well place to do this. And that's what really made me realize, whoa, people can be mentally not well enough to dom you or to submit to you. Mm-hmm. And if they're not mentally in a place where they can do that, that is so important because that once plays into self-care. If you're not mentally fit to <clears throat> dom or if you don't feel like you're mentally fit to dom yeah you shouldn't you shouldn't do it because that could lead to it could just lead to not okay things like be giving punishments that you're not a fan of or communicating in a, in a way that you don't want to communicate or even ignoring yourself because you don't feel like dealing with them right now or dealing with the situation Yeah, just not being like as on as you would be like having being preoccupied when you need to be as a top or dumb, you need to be like having their safety at the forefront of your mind. And when you have just when you are literally violating your own boundaries, like you're just a 
whole mess inside. Like you can't really be concentrating on all the important things you need to be concentrating on in a scene. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I've canceled appointments. Oh, absolutely. Oh, let me tell you about canceling appointments. I have done the same thing. Like in a professional context, I may not, and I've canceled dates. I've canceled play dates, but like in a professional context, I don't think I have really said the reason that it is like a mental health. I need mental health day or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but for sure I've done that. I, I regret this deeply because it was right before the pandemic, uh, this play party at this, like this amazing space called Darling Mansion, which is here in Toronto. Ooh. I had this lovely date. I'm not afraid to say Lola, um, who is one of my, one of my lovely friends and a lovely person on Twitter. Um, oh, dirty Lola. No. Oh, I I actually haven't met Dirty Lola, but would love to. And oh. I would also love to go to a mansion with her. But another Lola, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> call me. Uh, but another Lola, this was going to be like a big, lovely date. And I had to, I had to cancel because I was supposed to be in a dominant role. And I just, mm-hmm. I knew that I wouldn't be able to not only be in a good space to dom from, but in a public scene. And it just seemed like all too much for me on that day. Yeah. And then, you know, that would have been the last any sort of play party type group play type thing for about a year. Um, if I knew at the time, maybe I would have <laughs> made a different decision. <laughs> but you have to. You have to. Yeah, you've got to take care of yourself. And respecting boundaries and finding your own boundaries yeah. is important and taking care of yourself. So important. Like me teaching this wellness domination series like more and more I'm realizing that it's like you know it's generally been engineered for like dominating dominance dominating subs you know Mm -hmm. like to encourage better wellness routines and whatnot but the more I teach it I realize that there needs to be a section on how we can be essentially dominating ourselves in the same kind of way like all of the things we're telling our subs all of this information and guidance and support and blah 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 that we're doing for our subs and we're changing behavior with them and all this stuff we need to be doing all of that stuff to ourselves as tops and doms exactly and sometimes I like to joke it's hard to do that because you don't have someone to enforce it yeah (laughs) but it's true like I'm a, I'm a switch. So it works out for me. Cause I just do have a Dom that does that for me. <laughs> I'm lucky. I realize I'm lucky, but like, you know, that's, it's so true. You got to think of, you have to be your outside motivator sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, if you're by yeah. yourself and you don't have someone like that, you have to be your outside motivator. Exactly. And that can be hard, especially if you deal with like mental health problems or depression, anxiety, anything. You can be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. What the fuck? But, you know, sometimes taking care of yourself is the way you get to have fun. It's a step in having fun. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. It's like, like also the way I look at it is like I can't facilitate a great scene for whomever I'm playing with if I'm not you know in the good headspace for it so it's like if you need to think of it that way of like I gotta do a fun scene for these people I gotta take care of these people I have to support these people and I can't do that Mm -hmm. unless like everything is right with me or as right as it can be to facilitate those things it took me it took me a while to learn that as a top 
because I was just like, oh, no, it's so easy to dom. It'll be so easy. No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was just telling, bossing people around, but it's not. It's not. It's caring about someone. It's checking in with them, checking in with yourself because you're responsible for not only them and their safety, but you and your safety. It's a big job, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a tough job. Absolutely. Somebody's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Why not us? <laughs> and like, <laughs> not to say that subby people can't also be like doing care for us as tops and doms too. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. My co-writer Corfi was um, talking to me about it. She was like, "I like to take care of my dom. I like to do acts of service just the way he does acts of service towards me." You know, I like to take care of him just as much as he takes care of me because I feel like sometimes submissives and I don't mean this in a bad way, can forget that tops need to be taken care of too. Yeah. Because we're so much in charge that it's so easy to forget that we need just as much love and care. So we can be strong for them, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and Lord knows I love like a baby and like mommy or a baby daddy dynamic where the baby is taking care of my sweet DD, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, that's so cute. It is. How you know, awesome. It, exactly. It just, it warms my heart. Yeah. I love seeing all sorts of dynamics, you know, and they're all just, each dynamic is unique. Each one is so cute, especially when both parties are just so caring and taking care of each other. Wholesome. Really kink kink is romantic. Kink is wholesome. <laughs> honestly. It is. it is. And I that's another thing that I really wanna um tell with my blog is I wanna teach people that kink is doesn't it's not taboo, it's not dirty, it's not it shouldn't be demonized. It can be wholesome, it can be cute, it can be lovely. Yeah. Like as far as I'm concerned, like anything like protocol you know, or tasks, stuff like that. Like they're all acts of love. Like, mm-hmm. you know, outwardly, you know, it could look like whatever, like, you know, you kneel every time I come in a room or whatever the hell it happens to be. But like mm-hmm. all of those little things that you're putting in your DS dynamic, it's like, those are all little acts of love. The reminders of our dynamic, the reminders of our relationship, reminders mm-hmm. of our commitment. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And even, and, like, protocol can be very wholesome things, like getting a bedtime story, getting tucked in before bed every night, you know, like, yeah, exactly. shit like that, too. Yeah. <laughs> you were just about, you said exactly what I was just about to say. <laughs> oh, great minds. And here I thought the only thing we had in common was that we love the butters lube. Oh, my God. I love the butters. <laughs> oh, do, my goodness. Me too. Me too. Obsessed. I was actually, at, okay, so I've been going through some health problems. And if, you know, you follow my Twitter, so, yeah, you I know. Noticed, yeah. And I was talking to a nurse and she was like, my hands are so dry and so cracked and they're bleeding. And she was just really struggling. And I, I have um, some get the butters in my purse. Yep. Pull that out. Exactly. I pulled it out. I'm not trying to, exactly. I was like, I'm not trying to be weird. It says lube, but you can use it for your body. And so she put some on her hands and she was like, oh my goodness. And I gave her, I just gave it to her. I was like, I have so many. Yes. That's amazing. That's so nice yes. of you. I bought it for my mom, yeah. Because my mom was like, I don't know what fucking, what bad ass lube, not bad ass, bad, just bad lube she's <laughs> using. She's like, it's like glue. I'm like, mom, whatever KY bullshit you're using right now, you need to stop. I'm going to send you something, okay? Just exactly. Like... 
Like, I'm like, Mom, put the Astro Glide away, please. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, don't bother with it. That's so funny that you bring up your mom using the Get the Butters because I did the same thing to my mom. <laughs> yes. She um she started using it on her lips. I had a little test tube of it. Yeah. And she found it. And she's like, oh, this is so good. I love it for my lips. I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And then she one. was like. I'll buy I, exactly. I was like, this is actually lube, and I, I know you use Astroglide not to be weird. So, yeah, I need you to, I need you to change it up, Mom. Uh, so, okay, before we run away talking about um, the Butters Lube for like a 20-minute segment, let's go ahead on to some of the other things that we wanted to talk about today. So the other things were like polyamory mm-hmm. and being black in the kink community okay great would you like to jam on any of those topics for the rest Hell of the pod? fucking yeah Hell to the yes <laughs> oh my goodness polyamory let's oh, start there polyam. yep it's it's so great i love it <laughs> when i first became polyamorous it was very hard for me i'm not gonna lie because i was a very and i'm still a very jealous person and i, I feel was it like, sometimes too oh yeah and you're just like oh I don't want to share you right now but it's so much more than sharing it's like sharing love it's sharing your love with so many people you know what helps me so much with like any sort of jealousy feelings and this actually is like the opposite of what I intuitively thought would help Mm -hmm. um is to just get to know your fucking metamors like really befriend them and then suddenly it's like oh my god no spend time with her oh my god no spend time with him like you know because when you know them as people I think it removes a lot of the like that uh, that fear surrounding the unknown you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so when you really get to know them and you like really befriend them honestly that removes so much fear surrounding that for me it really does you know I became friends with my metamors too and I now talk when I when I'm having relationship problems, I go to them. I'm I like, know. Well, hey, know. me me and your wife are really getting into it, or me and your girlfriend are really getting into it today. I what know. should I do? I hate bypassing <laughs> like the actual person I'm having the problem with. But oh yeah, I know I do that too. And it helps. <laughs> it like you, but it does. It does help to befriend your metamors. You're so right. Like, and my initial instinct was like, "Ooh, I feel jealous," and da da da. So I'm gonna hold them like at this arm's length. Like I'm never gonna like. So just keep it away from me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'll just, I'll just like be essentially be in denial about it, and I'll just hold them over here and just never look over there. You know what I mean? Like that was my yeah. instinct for many years. And then I think it's just so like, you know, and that's once again, that's my experience, not just blanket advice for everybody, but man, that helps so much. And my life is so much richer. Exactly. Sometimes like I like to say they're my best friends now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I feel that way, too. Honestly, you know, it's good advice, you know, befriending the befriending the people that you're jealous of it sounds so backwards like like, why would I befriend them but it takes that jealousy away yeah it shows you that there it's literally I know and I know jealousy is like broken down in like six different emotions or whatever but like mm -hmm. it honestly just demystifies the whole thing 
It does. And it makes you feel, it makes you feel less of this person's taking away time from me and more like this person. I want them to have this time because they're such a great person. Exactly. They deserve love. They deserve attention. I want all the best for them too. Exactly. And in that way you can love your metamorphs too. So, I mean, polyamory was something that was difficult for me to grasp for the longest time. I knew I was polyamorous, but I didn't know quite how to navigate it. And being in relationships and being in friendships with people who are polyamorous really helped me, really gave, they gave me advice a lot. Even my metamors gave me advice on how to tackle jealousy. Cause I was honest one day, I was like, you know what? I'm jealous of you sometimes. Yeah. And they were like, that's understandable. And, and they're probably how like, same. <laughs> yes, well, they were. Yeah. They were like, I get jealous of you too. And yeah. I was like, really? And they were like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy how you can be jealous and they can be jealous and none of the, each other is none the wiser to 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 the whole situation. <laughs> we just got to talk more, you know. Exactly, and so now I like I text my metamor every day. I'm just like, hey, what you doing? What's up? You want to spend yeah. time together? Yeah. Want to talk? <laughs> <laughs> You're my best friend now. Let's talk. <laughs> it's great. It's so true. Like no pressure, but like we will be best friends. <laughs> exactly. I will bake you banana bread. <laughs> Like, you are inheriting me in the equation, you know, like. <laughs> exactly. Like, you. that's the thing, though. Now that you bring that up, that's great. You know, you inherit them, too, essentially. Because you're not just in this relationship alone. You're in the relationship with others, too. Yeah. Even if it's just friendships, you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, and I really like how you brought up um, being friends with other polyam people. That's huge, I think. Mm-hmm. That's a huge support system. It's resources, um, it's examples of both what to do and maybe what not to do as well. Like it just will educate you. The more people you know that are doing it, the more times you see people doing it, you're learning. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's such, it's such a relief sometimes to be friends with people who understand where you're coming from because I've had vanilla friends and I'm not knocking vanilla people, but I have had vanilla friends or people who were not polyamorous who were like, why are you polyamorous? Why is this? Why and why is that? I remember one person said to me, you're just jealous. You're not going to be, you're not going to be able to give all this love. You're being jealous or you're going to be upset. And I just think you're being selfish by trying to be, yeah. by, by trying to love all these people at one time. And all I was the just stigma like, stuff or all the exactly. like stereotype stuff, you know? Exactly, and that sucks, and it can it can make you feel bad. So being friends with people who either accept you, even if they're not doing it themselves, or who are doing it themselves and want to um, support you, it's it's great to have those support support Definitely. systems. I've also had the opposite happen, where uh, people who are not poly see me like on a huge pedestal. And like are bugging me for advice constantly about (laughs) stuff. And I'm like, once again, literally, I am not the authority on anything like like and then that's like in in a way pressure. You know what I mean? You know, the Mm -hmm. pressure surrounding polyamory, like that if it doesn't work out with a partner, it's like, oh, I don't know if you do feel that pressure. Maybe you don't. That's something I always feel, though. I'm like Mm -hmm. pressure to make this work because so many people say it can't. 
Oh gosh, yeah. I feel an immense pressure to make things work because another another reason is because my family, my mother is polyamorous. Oh my. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, Yeah, my mom's polyamorous. And so I grew up just, I grew up with my mom's co-wives, as she called them. Mm -hmm. So. Which were her metamorphs? Mm-hmm. They were her metamorphs. Wow. And um, and just seeing it work, I'm like, I have to make this work, too, because my mom can make it work, and I can make it work, because so, my mom's a mess, and I'm a mess. So <laughs> if that mess can make it work, I can do <laughs> I love you, Mom, if you hear this. <laughs> You're a mess, Mom. <laughs> You're a mess, but it's okay, because I'm a mess, too. <laughs> I was going to be on a podcast and she was like you're going to have to let me hear the podcast I was like oh oh boy that's adorable <laughs> you know what my mom listens to this podcast quite often so my mom's been on the po- podcast back in the day she's on episode like 15 or something like really that early. is badass <laughs> I know I want to have her back on it for sure oh man that's so cool I love it <laughs> I love it she's a very sweet woman and talking talking about that it segues into being um black in the kink community my mother was like, so how do you, my mom asked me question all the time. She's like, how do you find to, how do you break into it when you're black? And I'm just like, that's a good ass question, mom, because I'm still fucking learning. <laughs> She's talking about the polyam community specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Because for, cause I like to say some, some black people, not all black people, but some of my, some of my culture, they say that polyamory is not good it's demonized and so seeing black people who are polyamorous it really is inspiring and seeing black people who are kinky is inspiring it's so hard sometimes to be black in this community because you kind of feel alone if you don't see a lot of other black sx educators and in the same breath you feel like you have to be the best at it because you know there's that stigma and there's that shame involving it that you have to be be great at it yeah pressure Mm-hmm. a lot of pressure but like I said I wouldn't trade being black for anything I love it and it just makes me want to work that much harder to educate people and to open the minds of others I remember I wrote a blog post and I said my blog is for black people first it's for you know and i don't mean to say that excludes other races but i it's it's for black people to see another black person doing this being kinky being open about sex and it's for black people it's for queer people it's for black queer people Mm -hmm. and but it's, it's also for everybody else but i just wanted you know black people to know this is a place that's safe for you yeah of course because what does it feel like to you to like be in the polyam community or the kink community and not see anyone else that looks like you oh man at first it was it was hard because you look for people that understand the culture you grew up in Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it's it's it was hard and it's it's lonesome sometimes and then you find one black person and they're like oh i know other black people and you're like oh cool there's a whole community of us (laughs) (laughs) there's so many that I didn't know about and that 
that makes it easier really it does when you find it when you find one black person and they show you another black person or they show you somebody else that looks like you mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. just segues into so many other th- other things that you can find yeah i mean great thing about the internet right it's like right yes follow one person and then suddenly you know you know you have re- you're resourced to like however many other people like in a similar field or anything like that with similar situation as you or anything mm-hmm. you want to hear a really funny story why yes why yes i do so wanna... i was on this um site called sister wives and <laughs> <laughs> and i was looking for polyamorous people to befriend mm-hmm. and my stepfather found me <laughs> I think I was a suggestion for him. Oh, no. <laughs> it was hilarious. He says, he sent me a text. He was like, is this you? And oh I was God. like, oh, oh God. my God. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> he thought it was hilarious. I was just like, oh, God. Now my parents know my business even more. Oh, well, whatever. You know what? At this I'm point. Grown. Yeah, yeah. We're grown. But at this point, it's like. For me, at least, I have such a public fucking persona. Like, you could literally, if anyone wanted to, they could really find out a lot about me. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So it's there. Like, they can either look at it or not look at it. Like Exactly. I mean, exactly. I just recently did a face reveal on my Twitter, and I was like, you know what? If you find me, you find me. If you don't, you don't. I'm grown as hell. Fuck it. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's a good point, though. Like, you know, talk about just for a minute or two, like, why why maybe you didn't have your face and why you chose to reveal your face. Well, I didn't have my face for a long time because I was worried about, you know, my mom finding my blog or because... She, because she's also kind of in the sex, she has friends in the sex community. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't want her to like show her friend a picture of me and her friend to be like, oh my God, I follow her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then one day I just called my mom and I was like, mom, you already know that I'm a sex toy reviewer. And she was like, yeah. I was like, I'm going to show my face on my blog. And she was like, okay. I said, and is that cool with you? And she was like, if my friend finds you, I'm going to be like, yeah, that's my grown ass daughter. <laughs> I was like, great. And the same day I did, I took some pictures. I did a face reveal and I felt so much more free. I just felt free. And I, and I did a face reveal because I realized I wanted to like do videos. I wanted to do podcasts. I didn't want to hide anymore. Sure. I didn't want to give my, my everyday name, but by God, I wanted to give my everyday face. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. Like, it opens up so many new opportunities for you now of, like, different media you can mm-hmm. do to, you know, get your voice out there, educate people, exactly. collaborate yeah. with people, all that stuff. Exactly. If I wanted to go on Instagram and do a live video with a company, I can do that now. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty badass. Yeah, totally. I mean, there are a lot of reasons to not show your face. Let's put that out there. Like, I'm not saying, mm-hmm. you know, for sex workers and people in the sex sexuality industry that it's you know bad that people aren't showing their face or anything like that not saying that whatsoever mm-hmm. there are so many reasons safety reasons lots of lots and lots of reasons depending oh, on so your many. situation to not show your face mm-hmm. um i consider myself like very very much so in a privileged position that not only do i show my face publicly but my my actual identities are just like 
one in the same, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I always like to acknowledge that for sure, that I'm very lucky, but also white and able-bodied and cis and all that stuff. Exactly. I mean, hey, I like to say you can't control that, <laughs> but nope. it's good that you recognize that. For sure. I would never in a million years be like, you should, you know, you'd get more business if you showed your face, you know, to, <laughs> I don't know the, uh, people's situations, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had people, I've, I've asked people if they wanted to be on my podcast and be interviewed, and they were like, I would love to, but my voice is very recognizable and we, I don't want to do that. And, you know, I understand. I completely understand because, like I said, for the longest time, I didn't want to do it. And, I mean, yeah, I come up against the same thing with, like, trying to get guests for my pod, too. People are just like, oh, no, like, I have a job that, you know, whatever it is, like, that mm-hmm. they can't be associated with literally just talking about sex, which is, you know, both, both understandable, but also so, so sad that mm-hmm. people aren't free to even just, like, go on a podcast and talk about sex toys or something. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because like, everybody... Oh. I mean, everybody has sex. Or, so, I'm sorry. Almost everyone has sex. A yeah. lot of people have sex. A lot sex. of people have sex. A lot of people so use sex be. toys. A lot of people exactly. watch pornography. Like, it shouldn't be... Why is it be, so bad? Yeah, it shouldn't be that taboo in this day and age, but... Yet here we are. Yet here we are. <laughs> Yet here we are. And here we are, Wendy, at the end of our episode already. This has been so lovely to chat with you. Finally. Yeah, it was, you know what, I had so much fun. I was so nervous starting this, but you know what, you made me feel great, and oh, this has been yes. so much fun. Yay, yay, yay. I'm so happy that you said that. Um, I, <laughs> I do try to, you know, for people that I can feel are just, you know, a little, a little bit jittery pre-recording, I'm like, don't worry, once we get into it, you'll be vibing, it'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was great. <laughs> Yay, I'm so glad to hear that. So would you like to tell the people, uh, once again, like your website, um, any other social media information you would like to let people know about? Yeah, so I have a website, www.thewinchworks.com. And you can find me on Twitter, The Winchworks. You can find me on Instagram, The Winchworks. And you can find me on Patreon, The Winchworks. And I just, I hope to see some new faces. I really do. Yay. I also hope anybody that listens to this, go fucking follow all that right now. Pause it. (laughs) I know there's only like a minute left of the podcast. Pause it right now. Go do that. Come back. Listen to me do my closing, uh, my closing information. <laughs> For me, okay, at the Lady Pim one on Twitter, at the Lady Pim on Instagram, the Bedpost Podcast on Instagram, the Bedpost Sexual at gmail.com If you want to intro, um, email me about anything podcast related, Lady Pim at protonmail.com If you want to email me about anything domination, kink, sex work related, we have a Patreon. There is sexy shit on there. There's also a lot of sex education, kink education shit on there too. Um, that is patreon.com slash the bedpost show. We have a YouTube. We're doing uh, our bedpost product reviews, which is sex toys with comedians. That is the bedpost sex show on YouTube. And uh, I always like to mention the lovely lady that does all the original music for my podcast. That is Stephanie Copeland. You can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. And then Wendy, a one last enormous thank you to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. 
And thank you so much for having me. I truly enjoyed it. (laughs) Me too. My absolute pleasure. Thank you to you, Wendy. (laughs) And thank you to everyone who's been listening. We'll see you next week with another fun and funny person talking about sex and sexuality right here on the Bedpost Podcast. Get fucked, everybody. Bye. Bye. (laughs) This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.